Yeah, yeah. Dude, I couldn't grow a beard. I still really can't grow that good of one. I'm good scruff. But once it gets long, it's like straggly. And I couldn't grow anything till probably 25, 26. So there's still hope. I I look like a high schooler, like trying to grow facial hair, facial hair still. Like it's awful. Like it's so patchy and it's disgusting because like I can never get like any like along here. It's all like underneath my neck. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's tough. Mike's goatee uh, didn't come start coming until strong until he turned thirty. That's just about true, wow. and I still can't grow anything on my cheek. So you know. All right, you guys ready? This is not intentional. Like the way it is, that's just the way it grows. All hillbilly like. I respect it. <laughs> respect your facial hair. That's why you're a NASCAR man. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Where were they at this week, Richmond? I think it was no, that was last week. Martinsville. Martinsville. All right. Shows how good I, I tried to pay attention today. I saw it on Twitter, so that's about it. Oh, I was too engulfed in the Masters. All right, you guys ready? I don't even care. We're kicking it. This is Banging on the Drum. Welcome to episode 22 of Banging on the Drum. I think we're going to call this one the calm before the storm. Even though now that I say that out loud, it wasn't too calm. We had a pretty busy weekend with opening weekend of baseball, the Masters. Uh, We had a race. Where was the race, Mike? Martinsville. We had a race in Martinsville. Riley Opelka, our tennis player, won a tournament, and I didn't look at it at all. Looking at that on the fly. And then I think we had some soccer games. Riley, did we have some soccer games? Yeah, we did. So we're going to start this the way we always start this. We're going to go overs and unders. So the best thing that's happened to us throughout the week and the worst thing that's happened to us throughout the week. So I will start with mine and mine's pretty lame. So I've still been trying to lose weight for the wedding. I still haven't fully lost the Brazil weight. So I got, actually, no, I take that back. I lost the Brazil weight and now I wanted to be down five more pounds. So I have nine days. My wedding's on the 23rd, but nine days before I travel to my wedding to lose five pounds and that'll feel good. But I think I got this. I think I got this been chugging water. And then my over along the same lines, my weddings in the next two weeks, it's going to be a pretty great party. Looking forward to that. So it's just crazy how, how quickly that's coming up on me. Like I had friends text me today. I was like, Oh shit. That's like less than 10 days away before before we're off to that. But the other thing I'm looking forward to is you guys have to do two shows while I'm gone. (laughs) I just figured it out this week, which is kind of a bummer. I wanted to be like one of the, like uh, Cal Ripken, like on every single show or Brett Favre. It's not going to be that way. So you two, you two clowns, 
are uh, going to be doing that. But I, I'm going to kick it to Mike. But I want to say something before Mike goes. So Mike was on a show. What was the show, Mike? Uh, Let's Talk Sports. Let's Talk Sports with the British guy. Mike, I thought Mike crushed it. I was very impressed, like, how you handled yourself in that. You just sit in the car. You look like a pro. But anyways, Mike, go go for it. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of what my under was. I didn't have much of an under for this week. I think most of my week went pretty smooth. Yeah, I can't think of an under for this week. I'm not I'm not as prepared as I was this morning. My over for the week is my uh, youngest turned three yesterday. I get to get off my diet when shit like that happens. And, oh, I know what my under is because it's kind of on the same lines. I got sick. I ate so much yesterday. <laughs> so, like, I didn't end up puking. I've done that a ton of times where I puked. But I got up probably – three times last night just to take a shit. <laughs> uh, it well, was at least, you know, your body's doing something right then. I get like, yeah, yeah I, I was in rough shape. I was in rough shape at least through like nine o'clock this morning. My body was just like, you got to get some of this fucking food out of you. Right. So that's a, it's a pretty big under if you eat so much that you get sick. Right. Or like you've, physically don't feel well that's pretty kind common. of an over though too yeah, yeah. I, so would you would you have what's that would you have uh so we had pizza and um famous dave's for like lunch and so i had a couple pizza of sandwiches from famous, famous dave's how do you guys pull that <laughs> off so like you just do like a platter like there's a they, they sell a platter where they just give you like pulled pork and pulled chicken and then like burnt ends or something like that. And so I just had a couple sandwiches from there, like probably like three or four slices of pizza. And then I had cake and I was eating cookies and ice cream. And so it just, and then I got home. So then I come home and I eat leftover pizza from that, from Rockies. So we had Rockies and then uh, leftover pizza and a couple of breadsticks. And then we had like four or five more cookies sitting on our counter that we couldn't take with us because they weren't dry yet. And so I ate those cookies too. So uh, we, we've been making sugar cookies that, are, that we uh, frost ourselves and they weren't quite dry yet. I ate those when I got home too. That sounds like my kind of party. I mean, maybe not the sweets part, but Rockies and then pulled pork sandwiches. Oh. Yeah. But you don't, but you don't like barbecue. Yeah, were they or is it just pre, the sauce? was it pre-barbecue sauce on the, just a little at the top? So you could have like got around the majority of it. No, I think I could have done it. Like if it's it's if it's a dab and it's not like super sweet, I'm coming around on it a little bit. But the pulled pork, like you have at like graduation parties, that was my favorite. Like people yeah. would be talking about like mm-hmm. how they were sick of it from graduation parties. I was like, nope, I love this shit. Like Let's do this year round. Yeah. Pulled pork is one of my favorite meals. I really enjoy having pulled pork, but so I get, I get to get off my diet. And then as Pat kind of mentioned, I went on that podcast this morning. I thought everything went pretty smooth with him. It seemed okay to me. I noticed that I look around a lot instead of looking into the camera. That's what I was noticing when I was work, like dealing with him. Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, show his face those yeah. are right 
Yeah, and which it which did make it a little bit more challenging, but I enjoyed going on there. I thought it was thought it was interesting. So yeah, no, it was cool. I was like impressed. You you inspired me to give you a I don't know if we're gonna do 18 minutes, but kind of reiterate what you did on there. Cause I know you love the draft stuff. I don't dig into it deep enough. Like I honestly, I, the draft is exciting, whatever. We'll get to some of this stuff later, but I have like, there's just too much stuff to keep up with to like, think I know anything about the draft. You got anything else, Mike? Nope. All right. We're going to bounce pass it over to Riley. See what's up in Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll start with my under, I guess. I kind of have two two short ones I'll do quickly. It's uh, taxes are due this week, which means I have to do my taxes this week. <laughs> so maybe filing an extension, who knows? That kind of sucks. I feel like everybody hates that. And also it's getting really hot down here, which means I can't wear gray shirts or anything like that because I'll sweat through anything. It's just awful. I have to wear dark, dark clothes. It's tough. And then um, my over, I brought Spotted Cow to a little get-together with some uh, TCU kids. And uh, they were loving the Wisconsin beer. Um, they tried offering me 50 bucks for a full case, which I, I now know I should have taken. I, I didn't because it was more of a pride thing. I wanted to keep it. Only made, so to be fair, though, you would have only made like 15 bucks, right? Yeah, I mean two or three were gone already, but still the majority were gone and then, or were there. Where are you getting this yeah, no. from that you would only make 15 bucks? A 24 pack of spotted cow is more than a dollar a can. Oh, it's like 20, 30. It 24 pack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I 12 guess. pack, you know, you make 25, 30 bucks, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I felt like, Felt like a genius there having the drink everybody wanted. That's what's but. up. But yeah, dude, when I get hot too, I got to start wearing like silk shorts or not silk shorts, but uh, silk shirts and stuff like along those lines. I remember I went out with some people from work when I was at Herbert and I was wearing like a gray shirt and I literally had to go go to a gift shop and buy a, a different shirt. Cause that's how bad I was sweating. Like it was like, not only it looked disgusting, but like, I was so uncomfortable that like my arm. So I bought like some salt life shirt and apparently that's like a big redneck brand. So I didn't even know it. So I'm wearing this <laughs> salt life shirt around and it, apparently it's like, like I'm a fisherman or something cool. So. So people like big trucks have like salt life on their on their bumper and shit. But yeah, right, no, but, I wouldn't have a problem with just like sweating a little bit, but like it's my whole back's just sweating every time and it's awful. It's nasty. I'm glad you're the same as me. Mm-hmm. I can't get away with that shit. Mike, are you a big sweater? Uh not generally. I think probably the most embarrassing time is like I sweat like so it. And granted, I live in Wisconsin, so it's not as hot. When I was living in Kansas, I was, I think it was soccer, like, right? So I was given the tutorial for soccer at one of the prisons and we were sitting outside on the, 
uh, benches and I was just in like, like a polo. So like a golf polo. So it should like not be an issue. And I like the whole thing was like drenched and I was like, what in the hell is going on? Like, cause usually I'm not sweating like that, but I don't know that day. Most times I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm generally cold rather than hot. So were you nervous that the prisoners weren't going to like you and no, who you weren't that? nervous for your safety at all? No, okay. No. So like in the military prison, the, I mean, so really the only time I ever really got in any type of a scrape was when somebody else got hurt and they didn't think that I was acting appropriately to like get him help because there's an alarm system that you wear on your belt. And I wouldn't press my alarm system to get 15 like privates to run into the gym to get this guy help. Instead, I just used my radio and I called for the medic, like right off the bat. And they didn't think they thought I should hit my pals so that there were 30 people in the gym. And I didn't think that that was appropriate. Right. Guy ran into the wall and hit his head and broke his hand. There's, there's nothing you can do with 30 guys standing up. Especially right? 30 privates. They'd be like, yeah, they're not gonna, well, so the medic was probably a private too. There, it wasn't going to help anything to have 15 extra soldiers standing. Was there like a fight going on too, or what? No. So they were playing basketball, right? And the guy kind of undercut somebody else, I guess. I wasn't in the gym. I just saw that he hit it, got, he hit and he hit the floor. And then like I went out and I was backing guys up and some got like looking at it now. It's almost for sure this guy was going to like beat the fuck out of me. Like almost for sure. <laughs> so the, like the guy comes out and he starts screaming at him, like, you got to get people in here. You got to get help. You got to get help. You got to get, I said, you know, like we just got to, I called on the radio. We're getting people to come down. Like we just got to like calm down. And he like rips his shirt off. And like in the moment, I don't notice this. Right. I notice that he does that, but I don't like notice that it's an issue. Right. Like, I don't see that this guy's going to beat me up. That's not where my mind was going. And somebody else runs out of the music room and like starts talking to him and it's like, Hey, he's doing what he can. He's doing what he can. And he like calms the whole situation down. Another inmate. I didn't see that come. And that probably was the most danger I've ever been. Who the hell does that guy think he is though, that, <laughs> that he should be able to call 15 guys to come. So this, this was an inmate. So like, he was saying that like, we don't do enough. We don't get an ambulance to people quick enough. We don't care whether they're hurt. As you guys know, like if you would get hurt in the middle of a basketball game, right, where you're at the Y and you're not at, say, like a high school game where there's an ambulance on, on site already, if you would get hurt at the Y, it's going to be like probably 30 minutes before you see anybody. Yeah. Remember right? at the gym when we would have to call the ambulance? Oh, like, yeah. And that was actually quick, right? Yeah, it wasn't bad. They did a pretty good job out there, but yeah. Right. But like these guys get a medic within like probably five minutes. There is a guy that's trained to help there within five minutes. I, I don't know. So sometimes inmates or patients feel very entitled to like things being immediate. And I thought that was a case where that was what was going on. The guy wasn't going to die, right? Yeah. Broken arm. I don't think, like, he didn't. So he wasn't going to. So I wish you would have gotten into a fight though. That would have been a lot cooler. <laughs> no, this guy would have completely like <laughs> wrecked my whole life. I I'd be, I'd be in, I'd be like a vegetative state probably. 
All right, we are gonna swing down to spicy meatballs slash dumb ideas. Cause I I don't always have a spicy meatball, but I do always have a dumb idea. So I'm gonna throw dumb ideas into spicy meatballs as well. And Mike, do you have any spicy meatballs? No, let me think. I'm let me think. All right. Riley, what's your spicy meatball today? <sighs> You want me I don't to go really first? have one ready. I don't. Yeah, you go first. I don't really have one ready. All right. And I think this one's pretty obvious. So uh, I'd say mild. We've been forgetting to give our spicy meatballs jalapenos. I will say off the bat, I don't know if this is going to get over two spicy meatballs. But anyways, I'm a big opening day guy. I love opening day of baseball. But this year, I did not watch like any opening day of baseball because I think the MLB shit the bet again and had opening day the same week or opening weekend, the same weekend of the masters. That's not normal, right? Usually opening weekends, the weekend before, and then you get to take a little bit of break from baseball, watch all the golf you want. But yeah, so my spicy meatball is just MLB baseball, just shitting the bed. And I know it was in part due to the lockout or whatever, but you just can't do that. You can't have the masters and opening weekend on the same weekend. You have the audience that likes watching boring sports and you have the two most boring sports having their biggest weekend aside from baseball playoffs in the same weekend. So I thought they fucked up there because I wasn't going to tune out of the Masters. And like I said, like I've been to two opening days. I love it. I guess if I had the option to go to opening day or watch the Masters on TV, I would go to opening day. But I was definitely scoreboard watching the Brewers and real watching the Masters. So, so what, I, if, what if it was, what if you were in Georgia and Brewers are playing Atlanta? Or you could go to the Masters, right? So it's the same amount of drive. I don't know where. It's basically the same drive for me. I think the Masters would be like maybe tack on an hour past Atlanta. I could be very wrong. So let's let's just say that you're 30 minutes between Atlanta and the Masters. Where do you go? The Masters. Opening day. The Masters. Okay. So you would go stand and watch the Masters over opening day yeah i think i'm gonna do it once in my life maybe we'll see because i was looking it up and obviously the big story always comes out like everything's so cheap at the masters and like on their menu and shit like that and i think if you get the tickets proper which i'm pretty sure it's like getting packers season tickets so maybe it'll never happen but if you get them like from the masters, they're not that bad. Like, but I, I don't know when I was looking, it was saying like 150 for a day. If you get them, what do they call that wholesale? Like if you don't get them like second market. It's right. Like, okay. And what are they second market? Did you up? Lots and lots of money. I think you, you pay like $10,000 for like a ticket to get in. There. Jesus. Yeah. Uh-huh. I am. Don't quote me on them. Maybe I'll do a little research. Well, did it, did I strike up any spicy meatballs with you guys? 
I thought I had one in the middle of that. Oh, yeah, I do have one. So I think baseball and basketball should go both run like tournaments inside of their season on a regular basis. I also think that there's a real possibility that baseball could go to complete games being six innings, but only if the starting pitcher pitches them all. Maybe that's like your bad ideas one. Yeah. Right? I think that's more <laughs> right? falls more under that than a spicy meatball. But um so you're saying if the pitcher can stay in for six innings. Yeah, or maybe maybe six is a little bit short. Maybe you need to go to seven. But I think we miss something with baseball with starting pitchers being pulled after the fifth and you know an hour. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't like that about baseball. And I was looking though, like through the Brewers box scores and like re-watching the condensed games. And I don't have it pulled up right now, but the starters were throwing like 88 pitches. Like I think Corbin Burns made it to like fifth and one third, and then he started getting shelled opening day. No, it seems like the it was fun watching the starting pitcher go six, seven innings, and then you had your setup man, and then you had your closer, like in a good game. And I still think if like the game's going your way, like it's still yeah, how it's gonna go. But so you're saying to give incentive to keep your starting pitcher in there if they go seven innings and you have the lead, the game's over. Yep. Yeah, I don't like it, but I get it. (laughs) No, and I get like changing what a win is, is goofy. I just like the idea of guys pitching a complete game. I think that it is far too rare today. And I get it. Like analytics says, if you face a guy a third time, you're basically host. You're going to get beat by that hitter. And that's why they don't do it. I understand the like theory behind it. It just isn't as fun for me. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's just the game's changing. Like you have different arms in the bullpen now. I think you used to have like maybe two long relievers, like if a guy's getting shelled real early. But, but yeah, no, I wish, I wish starters would go longer. But oh, speak like, yeah. and so this is kind of in the same realm. So I want things to, uh, for the starters to be adjusted, the rules to be adjusted for them. But as, as far as like hitters go, I don't think that you should ever touch. I don't think you can enforce there's no shift because there's no actual assigned positions in baseball. The first baseman, right? That you just have to have nine guys in the outfield. You don't have to have them any position in any one specific spot. They all do it the same way because that's what works, right? So the shift isn't really a thing. If I wanted to put nine guys all in right field, I don't think that that should be a problem. Now, you would never do that. I don't think there should be a rule for the shift, but I think there should be a rule for starting pitching. Yeah. No, and I think you let the the game be played the way that the game's going to be played. Like, let these advancements. And I think it's going to be full circle. Like, maybe not the so much the pitching coming back around, 
there's definitely when they have this shift, there's such big gaps on the left side of, of an infield. And I just don't get, and I know it's not as easy as just saying, oh, just bunt it down the third baseline. This is easier said than done to just do that or slap it. But I think if you get guys that are training to do that constantly, like I think you're going to be able to do that. You're going to start realizing you got some money ball type shit. Like you got a guy that's going to be hitting 350 again and not just swinging out of his ass. But I, I feel like baseball is going to come full circle. I don't think this strikeout, hit a home run, swing approach is going to last forever. But but hopefully we'll have a guy on someday that can, can tell us uh, – his thoughts of how the game was and how, how it could be. So we'll see. We'll see if we ever get that. Other than that, Riley, nothing, nothing was sparked with you. Uh, I just had a question for Mike that in tournament or in season tournament, what would the incentives be like if you won that? Cause I know they do that in soccer, but obviously the leagues are set up differently. Like what would be, I think that like an in-season tournament, could be pretty easily set up for your draft purposes, right? Mm-hmm. So you win the first in-season tournament of the season and you don't make the playoffs or you put the highest place in the first uh, in-season tournament, you don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. you get the ones, you get the number one draft pick, something like that. So you could put it into stuff like that. It could be that uh, you get extra cap room for uh, basketball before you go over the luxury tax, um, you win this tournament, your cap room goes up. And if you did like a three day tournament where teams got eliminated or maybe a week long tournament and you're supposed to play eight games or whatever, or if it's like March madness, how many games is March madness? Eight, something like that. Yeah. Seven or eight. And you lose in the first round you get six losses like instantly, but you get rested. Right. And so like, it just goes into your overall season record. I don't fans of teams and ticket prices would be messed up there. Yeah. I don't hate the idea of the in season uh, tournament, but incentive would be, yeah. The incentive for it would be the tough part because even the incentives that you brought up, I feel like you'd have to be a pretty smart fan to understand it. Like with getting extra money for like your luxury tax in basketball. Like, I I don't even know if I would get it. Like I'd be like, Oh wow. We can sign one more player. Like, whereas I come, I guess like you give your players more money. So the franchise has the, the money, right? So people act like the franchises, don't have the money to pay players. And that's not anywhere near accurate. All the franchises are worth billions of dollars. To supplement that income isn't isn't the hard part. The hard part is to manage your contracts inside of like a salary cap like the NFL has. Yeah. You know, the, the Packers could pay Aaron Rodgers $300 million a year and make out even probably pretty easily, but the yeah. NFL doesn't allow you to do that. 
And I think like if you're doing an in-season tournament, it's got to be more for the fans. So, so, but like if you put that all in one city, all those in Chicago, right? Every team is in Chicago for a week long span. That could be interesting. Or like you put them in Phoenix and in Florida, like this would be a great opportunity to do it too. So instead of moving from spring training into the regular season and going back to your home stadiums, well, Minnesota got rained out and Chicago got rained out or cold it out or the Yankees got canceled. The whole shitload of teams got canceled this weekend. One game or the other because of weather. Leave them in Florida and uh, Phoenix. Play a tournament there. You know, where like you spend the first three weeks there and then it's starting to warm up here. You're not going to have nearly the weather issues. Yeah, I can see like um, do it kind of like a college basketball where you do the ALNL showdown and then totals like make that kind of so you still have spring training but then you have the ALNL showdown in or two the cactus cactus league versus the great whatever the florida league is and the winner of those two leagues so my yeah. incentive kind of i cool. mean that would be cool too for spring training yeah. Like no yeah finest tune but mine would be more for the incentive of well, like they've tried to do in the all-star game is like give home field advantage to one of the leagues. So, so you basically have your spring training, however, the standings fall out, run a tournament, whatever. Uh, we'll figure out the incentives, but I don't think yeah, we're so going to be seeing that anytime in the near future. I just think that, it, I mean, so um, the world baseball classic or whatever, I feel like people pay attention to because it's like a unique tournament, right? Do they still do it? I don't know. I think Maybe so. Not. I think they do. So I stopped paying attention when they couldn't get the pitchers to come anymore. Yeah. Just for health reasons. But let me see some. Oh, yeah, they do have a World Baseball Classic. So who wins it? Like. Japan and Venezuela every year, right? Let me see. So 2023, it's coming back. And the United States won in 2017. Dominican Republic won in 2013. Japan won in 2009 and in 2006. No, I do love the World Baseball Classic. And like you said, it's because it's like a different format. I do. I like uh, international sports. That's why soccer still holds a little bit of my attention because it's an international sport that the United States, I like soccer because they're definitely the underdogs in soccer. Baseball though, they're definitely not the, they are up there, but there's teams that bang with them and hockey, same thing. Like they're up there in the talent scale, but teams still bang with them. Basketball is just dog shit. Like they're too good at basketball. Like that doesn't hold my attention at all. Watching the United States play Lithuania in the championship game and them winning a hundred to sixty-five or whatever the score is. But honestly, like I kind of think it's cool when they get upset in tournaments. So <laughs> that's where I am with United States basketball and that stuff. Well, why don't you go live there then? 
Jesus. One day I'll go to Lithuania. <clears throat> All right. So my dumb idea, and this just came from the last day of the masters being fairly boring. I don't know how much you guys tuned into it, but I was watching pretty much the whole day. So I remembered that we got ESPN plus when we signed up for like Disney or something. So we get ESPN plus something like that. It's the first time I ever used ESPN plus, which is kind of cool. Cause they have this, like you can watch the two main groups that are going at the time. And then you can watch certain holes. I didn't do the certain holes one. I got, I got to tune into the masters early with uh, Scotty Scheffler and then Cameron Smith. Like it looked like it was going to be a battle for a little bit, but then once Cameron Smith went into the water on 12, I think it was like the tournament was over right there. Like you knew it. Rory kind of gave him like something where he still couldn't completely zone out and win the tournament. But anyway, so my golf tournament idea and I didn't look this up at all because it might actually be an idea, but it is going to be a golf tournament, but it's going to be a reset. So day one, you start with a hundred golfers. There's a cut already after day one. So you need to be in the top 50 or tied, whatever you could have 52, but anyways, so then day two starts and it has 50 golfers, but everyone starts at even again. So the only scoring is going to determine how late you go. So if you're the top, if you shoot the best on day one, you get to go last. So you get to see everybody's scores. Maybe I'll let them pick where they want to go to, but I assume you want to go last. So you know what you're shooting for at the end. So day two, you have the 50 golfers, pretty simple concept here. And then we're going to knock it down to 25. And on day three, all the scores reset again, same thing. Like whoever shot the best the previous day gets to go last and so on and so forth down, down the line. And then after day three, you take the top 10 and five groups of two start it over again. Boom. Best. I don't know if there's a tournament out there like that, but I think it would be fascinating because you won't have somebody running away with it. Like Scheffler was so suffocating on Saturday that it did look like Cameron Smith could compete, but there, it was like a two horse race. And one of the horses had a torn MCL in the race. Like it was going to be tough to make that comeback, but to shut that's to Scheffler's credit. Like he, he dominated. the race. So my idea for your tournament is that all 10 of them play on the same hole. <laughs> so like one when one like double bogeys or something then I, like just, they, I think they're that, all there to see it do you think that would that would have to take more time right or would it yeah it would be longer but so you're only got 10 guys you know it's not like you're looking for more tea times really mm. it would definitely take longer maybe or maybe two, you shuffle maybe where two you play. five men group yeah but maybe you shuffle where you play based on uh, how you finish or something like that in each hole. Yeah, that's too much, like too confusing. I changed my mind. I would, I think all of them being on the same one and then like having to watch Tiger like birdie something as the first golfer off the tee, then they're all like, all the pressure is on the birdie that hole. 
I kind of mm-hmm. like that. But I think you could do the same thing by just having the scores very visible. Like maybe just have like TVs all around the place. Golfers <laughs> know where they're going. My add-on to that though is you got to play it in a place where there's four PGA golf courses within an hour and you play it at a different course every day. Where would that be? Like anywhere so- in Florida? <laughs> like Orlando area? Yeah, you're not wrong. I like it. What do you guys think? It's a great idea. I like it. Getting rich off that. Perfect. So we did a little match. Let's run it in Sparta. So, yes, we go to uh, River Run, then Hiawatha. And then then we can go to the Cooley Golf Bowl. Cooley Golf Bowl. You got to play two rounds around. Kick it over. Shoot over to Wasalem to uh, Fox Hollow. Maple Grove is going. Fox Hollow. Fox Hollow. Okay. Yeah. Fox Hollow. Walsh's. Walsh's. That was in Toma, right? No, no Walsh's is in Lacrosse. Very yeah. Mills. Very close. But to like you can play yeah. mini golf at Walsh's too. <laughs> so I they like have it. to play around a mini golf. I like it. <laughs> that's how you. That's how the. That's initial, their par three contest. That's the how the initial seating goes for the tournament. <laughs> oh, see, I feel like that should be the final. I don't like. That's that. the final day is a round mini golf. <laughs> We are going to scoot to our Masters recap. Riley wins. Actually, let me pull something up real quick because I didn't think I was going to need it, but I definitely need it. So this is the Masters recap. We picked our golfers. So Mike had Scheffler, Hovland, Spieth. Dang it. I learned how to say this guy's name just because I was getting shit for not saying it right. Ustoisen. <laughs> Louis Tyson. I don't know what it is. And then Matsuyama. Uh, Riley had Rom. Actually, yeah, whatever. So, anyways, Mike lost. Uh, Riley had Rom, Smith, McElroy, Woods, and Burns. Uh, he got to cut out Burns, so that was big. And then I had uh, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Adam Scott, and Sergio Garcia. But anyways, Mike's team ended up shooting a 50, so plus 50 total. But after he got to cut his Ustoisen, who just quit. I don't even, I don't know if he even shot. Like, he didn't have a score. But I think he was just hurt. He was there on Thursday. Yeah, but I think he dropped out before the Thursday round. So he never. He got injured. That's not my fault. I should get another. (laughs) You get to golf with one last person. So, I mean, that did screw you because if, yeah, you had two guys miss the cut uh, where Riley and I each only had one guy that missed the cut. So, anyways, Mike had 50 total after the adjustment. He was 18. Uh, Riley had 26 total. After the adjustment, he had a five. So, Riley crushed us. And mine was 36 total. And then after I cut out Kepka, I was at 14. That was a fun, fun tournament thing. I wish I would have posted something earlier to keep up with it, but I've been having pretty busy weeks. So the graphics department is falling behind a little bit. But yeah, like we were talking about it, uh, Scheffler kind of ran away with it on Saturday. 
I don't overly recall. I mean, obviously he shot good on Thursday and Friday as well. But like I said, I was doing that ESPN plus thing. So it was all Tiger Woods, Rory, which was cool. It's interesting watching it on ESPN plus because when you watch the main broadcast, they're just showing guys like holing out, nailing putts, maybe missing putts here or there that you wouldn't think they would miss. But like when you actually just watch the guys, you're like, I mean, still incredibly good golfers, but like, you're like, oh, they do hit quite a few bad shots, like, and have to come back. I think it's the, I think it's the ability to make a good shot after making a bad shot that takes these guys to the next level. But I, I don't think I've ever strung together more than, I think I've had like a good four hole run and that, that was about the best I've ever done. So, and that, that, that's bogeys too. Like, I think I went like bogey, par, birdie, bogey, or something like that. It was like incredible yeah. for me. But. I think probably the best I've ever gone on like a run like that is like probably four or five holes. And I doubt that they're all pars, right? For me, right? And I used to golf a lot, like a lot, a lot, like probably four or five times a week. I'd do nine holes before work. And I was not good. I like playing golf, but I wasn't, I wasn't a good golfer. I think that's another thing too. I don't think I've ever beat, I was thinking of this today. I don't think I've ever beat anybody in golf. Like I've never took anybody <laughs> out golfing. I've definitely golfed with people that were just awful. And I just kind of, they either wanted to like come with me or something, but like ne- it was never like in a competitive thing. But like whenever I've went out with my friends, I guess if we've grouped up, I don't think I've lost every time I was in a group. But if I've ever golfed with just like one other person, like where it was semi-competitive, like I think I've golfed with you before. You killed me. My brother-in-law golfed with him more than a few times. We used to do like once every Friday. I think we got like a good six Fridays in and he beat me every single time. My buddies. If I golf with them one on one, they've always beat me, and I feel like I'm, I'm awful. But, but I hit the ball well. Like I hit the ball hard. Like it's not rolling down the, the fairway. But I just swing hard. But anyways, back to Masters. I'm, the place I'll never be. Um, I thought the funny thing. Did you you guys seen my tweet of Matsuyama, just looking super confused, like. <laughs> giving away the green jacket, but Gabby was a trooper this weekend. She watched a ton of golf too, but she absolutely loved watching Hideki like sitting in that room. And you could clearly tell like he was just waiting for like, they're like, once we say you can give him the green jacket, you get up and give him the green jacket. Then it was just such like an awkward exchange too, like, he didn't put the coat. They didn't put the coat on right. It, it was, it was goofy. I felt bad for Hideki in that situation because I've been there sitting in a room where I didn't understand anything yeah. that was being said, and you just are like, "What?" Do you think that's the case? He that he doesn't understand English well. That that was my assumption from that, okay. and I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But I mean, he's Japanese. 
right. But so like that culture to grow up in the I Gulf think, culture and then be Japanese, it's not what it's not like you grew up in like North Korea where they never speak English <laughs> and you're playing in a like a league that would but never think approach Japanese, English at all. So I do think English is like more well spread over there, but like I think it's a hard like it's hard for people who speak English to learn Japanese and it's hard for people who speak Japanese to learn English. Just think Aiko. Like she's been in the country for there's a lady that used to come to our gym. She spoke fine in English, but it was still very but like Ichiro, I don't think Ichiro ever caught caught the drift of English. Um but anyways, yeah. His eyes told me he didn't speak English very well. So I, I assumed when I was watching, I was like, oh, he hates Scheffler. <laughs> right? Which he just doesn't like him. So I, I don't want to be here. No, I, I don't think that was the case. Maybe, maybe that was the case. I have no idea. That do you guys have anything on the tournament? Yeah. So um Scheffler, I've learned this today, won four of his last six tournaments. And his only and he was only on the tour for what something like 42 days before he became the number one golfer in the world. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, so like he is, he is on like a tiger-esque like trajectory, like in the current moment. Right. So Tiger did not do that. He was not number one in the world until like 200 days on the on the tour. Yeah, they put the graphic up. He was the quickest to it. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I won't buy too much <laughs> stock on that just because, I don't know, I think there's been guys who they're like, this is going to be the next guy. And the little I know about golf, like, I don't know how great that that stat actually is. I They definitely were talking about it quite a bit yesterday. I don't know. Like, there's those golfers that have their blowups and then – just stop working. so the other one that i heard is that he won 90 of 120 juniors tournaments Damn. yeah which is ridiculous right so like to win 90 of anything is pretty damn impressive especially against like high-end talent. it was something like that right so the guy at work was telling me about he's a big golf fan and yeah, and golf. But like, what are you saying? So, are you saying you think this is the next wave of greatness that we're seeing already? Yeah. So, I think he's going to be the next um, really solid golfer for a long time. Do you think? I don't know. Like, there's been guys that go out and do it. So, like Brooks Kepka was winning quite a few tournaments for a while, and then turns off. But yeah, like, like Jordan those, Speed. Yeah, Speed. Blew up there for a minute. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, Spieth won the Masters, and then after that, he was kind of didn't do much, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still there, but yeah, not doing. He's still a pro. Like, don't get me wrong, and he can play in the Masters for the rest. Yeah, of his he's life, still a good, which is good cool. player. But yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. I I want to look up some stats to see what that is, because yeah. I heard the same thing Mike was alluding to, and it sounds phenomenal. 
but I just don't think, I don't think that number really is what it is, but who knows? Maybe he is the next Tiger Woods. And we were having, so I was having this discussion today, like he'll never be like the icon that Tiger was because he's just another golf guy. He is the stereotypical golfer. To me, he looks like an extra character in Scooby-Doo. Like he, he very <laughs> much looks like if you like, took an animated shot of him, like he would fit right into like a Scooby-Doo episode. I don't Fair know. enough. <laughs> um, and yet I forget exactly where I was at talking. So it is what but you were just saying. He's just uh, another golf guy. Like he's not going to be tired. He, yeah. He's just like, so he is what you would, if you said, Oh, you know, this guy named Scotty just named, just won the uh, masters. I mean, in, if you didn't watch any of it, more than likely you're picturing like a, like a standard, like five ten white dude that, you know, isn't super ripped or nothing. Like he won the golf term. That's what you think of when you think of the stereotypical golfer on the PGA. Right. So he'll never transcend golf the way that tiger tiger was a different thing. You know, he's a guy that has uh black heritage and is, you know, and then uh Asian heritage as well. He was just the exact opposite of what you expected a great golfer to be, right? You'd expect if a great athlete like Tiger to be playing a different sport than golf. So he'll just never transcend the game the way Tiger did, unless he doubles like some records or something like that. And he seems like pretty calm, cool, and collected. He seems, I don't know, he seems like a nice guy out there. I have no clue who he is like as a person, but I feel like we, we touched on it last episode where tiger was kind of like breaking. I mean, you just touched, like he broke like the race barriers and not really, but like, whatever, like he, was well, so he transcended the game into something different than what it was previously. Yeah. And I don't think Scheffler is going to like double down and be crazier than tiger. Not that tiger was like that crazy, but like, he was an emotional guy. Um, yeah. An excitable guy. All right. So with that being said, we should have done this last episode, but Riley threw it out there and I like this idea. So I'm going to let Riley go first. And we are going to say what we would make our four course meal at the Masters be. And Mike's got to think of it on the fly. <laughs> All so, right. Riley, you go first, I'll go second, and then we'll see what Mike goes with. So, mine's not as fancy as a lot of people, but I'm going to start out with um, some Fizzo- uh, Fizzoli's breadsticks. Awesome, buttery breadsticks. I like then that. we'll go lo- loaded baked potato, so throw whatever you want on that bad boy. Make it your own. Then have a filet mignon. That's kind of where I spice it up, get a little fancy. Um, I think everybody loves a good filet mignon and that's just the best cut of meat. And then the pearl ice cream for dessert. I like it. Mine's going to blow yours out of the water though. So our first course, we're going to start with some cheese curds in the best ranch in the world. I'm still looking for that ranch. So I would find it by then. And then for course number two, we're just going to have a salad bar set up. So 
with all the fixing. It uh, has to have cottage cheese on that salad bar. That's that's the one for sure. But this is going to be the best salad bar. Ten times as good as Ruby Tuesday's salad bar. And then for the main course, we're going to do build your own burger. And that comes with fries, obviously. So keep some of that ranch, dip your fries in. But you get to build your own burger. And then my dessert is going to be an ice cream bar with all the fixing. Hopefully it's got the cones next to the ice cream machine and you have the vanilla and then you have the twist and you have the chocolate and then you have like sprinkles and peanuts. If you want to ruin your ice cream, not the sprinkles. So basically you want to go to like a, all you can eat buffet. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. I just want to make sure that I was catching what you were putting. Out. Yeah. My, my, they just go to old country buffet. <laughs> Or what? What's the other buffet that North Country Steak Buffet? That one's good though. I could do that. I'm talking about it's like a chain one. It might have been in our chain bracket. Golden Crown. Oh man, I never been. I've tried it one time, and I got like three dirty dishes, like with literal boogers on them in a row. I just couldn't. <laughs> so that you just one. took the fourth dish and ate. Didn't even look at it. No, I like. I'm not very picky, but there's some things that just I can't. I couldn't eat after the like third one. I was like, no, not eating here. I'll give them my 15 bucks. I get why it's only 15 bucks for all the food you can eat. All right, Mike, did we spark any ideas? I'm having a hard time with uh, my. I guess my first couple courses. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with like onion rings for my first course. With some Burger King uh, dipping sauce? No, I don't need dipping sauce for my onion rings. Salt on my onion rings is fine. And so I like Culver's onion rings, but really I don't care. I don't like Burger Kings very much. They're, I don't like the panko on them. I would rather have like a beer batter, I suppose, if it matters. Let's see. I need a second course. I don't know. So my third course, I think I'm going to go with pizza, right? So my main meal is pizza. I like that. Yeah. So I got an, this is more like at home, but um, mini corn dogs for my second. <laughs> right so i'm gonna go onion rings mini corn dogs and pizza and then so you guys both took ice cream for dessert that's generally where i would go i'm i think i'm gonna try to stay away from it i'm gonna like a fudgy brownie will be uh my dessert and if you want to have uh, like weed or something in it i'm cool with that like that's that's your choice so there's two tables of brownies to choose. From. Yeah. All right. It's so not nuts or no nuts. It's weed or no weed. So there we go. As it's called. All right. So Riley's was Fizzoli's breadsticks, loaded baked potato, filet mignon, and a Pearl Street and the Pearl ice cream. And then Mike's onion rings, mini corn dogs, pizza, fudge brownies, the most Wilton meal that you'll you'll see come out. Actually, no, that's right up my alley. 
I, I don't, I'm not a big mini corn. Dog. You're not that far from Will. Like, don't <laughs> like, don't get it that twisted. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I remember when we were coming back, like back from Afghanistan, and everyone lived in the Madison area that I was deployed with the second time. And they're like <clears throat> talking about what they want to get to eat when they get back. And I was like, oh man, I'm having my family take me straight to Pizza Ranch. I was. <laughs> people thought it was like the dumbest answer ever they like hated pizza ranch but i love me some pizza ranch to my meal cheese curds with the best ranch that you'll find a salad bar with all the fixing build your own burger with a side of fries and then ice cream bar with all the fixings all right so we touched opening weekend a little bit and how i thought it was pretty shitty to uh put it on the same weekend as the masters so but the brewers go one and two in the opening weekend showdown they lost again today to the orioles i'm gonna make a goal for myself that i need to watch 50 full brewers games this year that's that's is that too many you think how are you gonna watch them i got the mlb ticket thing it's awesome jesus man you're spending too much money on baseball yeah probably but <laughs> But anyway, okay, so yeah, I would say that you should probably try to watch about a hundred, right? That's your team. You bought that package. I get that that might be tough, but the package comes with so many extra perks. So if you count going back and watching the game the next day, maybe I could do a hundred. But okay. the weekday games, like you got six, seven o'clock start time, central time. So add an hour to it. So basically the only ones I'm staying up for on weeknights is going to be when they're on the East coast. And that's even pushing it for my, I go to bed early, but anyways, back to baseball. So they go one and two at Wrigley, uh, dropped the first two. And then things got a little spicy in that second game. When the Brewers hit half in that second game, I don't know how much you guys were tuning into this, but I, I rewatched it. Yeah, they definitely deserved to get McCutcheon comes up and gets hit. They threw at him, missed him, and they threw right back at him and hit him. I don't think they hit Hap on purpose, really. I think it was maybe 4 nothing Cubs when they hit Hap. But it was the third guy they hit, and he went down hard. It, it was common. The, the Brewers were going to get hit. And McCutcheon gets hit, dugout's clear. Baseball fights are the softest shit you'll ever see, other than maybe a basketball fight. I don't know if they fight in soccer. I imagine that doesn't. No, it's the same thing. Pretty soft. (laughs) Yeah. Soccer, they basically die if they get, like, bumped into, so. No, that's all sports. That's basketball. You see it in football now, too. It's part of some sports. But, yeah, it stemmed from soccer. Not proud of it. Yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, the Brewers really needed to win that third game. I think it's kind of a rough home or not home, but rough stretch. They go from opening weekend in Chicago. So Chicago is going to be rocking. I think Mike sent something that there was like cheap tickets out there and I could not believe it. It was, it was me. Yeah. Uh, opening day tickets were as low as like 11 bucks, I think, for that series. At Wrigley. That's crazy to me. So I, I don't know 
where you were finding those tickets. But anyways, big baseball city. I'll, I'll chalk it up to that. I'm not too worried about the Brewers one and three start yet. I think with uh, Peralta, Corbin Burns, Woodruff, like I think the Brewers are have a great pitching staff. Um, I think if Yelich can recapture something from two years ago, then we got some bats on the team. So we're we'll get a little bit more extensive into baseball once we don't have like the Masters and the NBA playoffs going on. So once we hit the lull into it, we'll start paying attention better. But I went back and watched the condensed recaps. I'm still not worried. I don't know how you guys feel yet. No, I I mean, I don't know how most brewery years start, but I feel like we we I feel like we do start fast, so this might not apply here, but there's 162 games. There's not much to worry about after the first four. Yeah, I'll let you borrow my MLB ticket thing too, so you can tune in. It's pretty cool. Like that, the one thing that MLB has figured out, like that website is awesome. Like for watching highlights, catching up on game. Like you can literally search like Shohei Otani home run, and it just pulls up all of his home runs and like shit along those lines. So that's what Bass was talking about with the the way the NFL had it before, right? Yeah, and it looks like exactly what he was talking about, but they didn't change it. Like, the baseball one's still pretty damn slick, Yeah, uh, in my opinion. They're not always up on the time, so they didn't change it, right? Yeah, <laughs> which apparently was a good thing. Yep. We are going to give it another week before we do our – so lock in this week, guys, and next week – we're going to have a little sample size and we're going to pick our division winners and our wild card teams for the MLB season. So Riley lock into some baseball, Mike, you too. I'll try, but right now might be teasing something. So we'll see, but I want to do, and I know we kind of already done one little bit of a draft today. Did you do your homework on top? pitching rotation since 2000 or we said 1995 I had it up here a minute ago Riley did you do your homework um no honestly baseball's my baseball's been a weak spot so I'll be going off strictly like statistics and websites unfortunately or like cool or like names I recognize okay I like that still Tim Lins to come it might get picked here all right so Riley you start us off Okay. We're going to go Riley, Mike, me. Let me one second here. All right. First pick, 1-1. I think this is clear and obvious. 2011 Philadelphia Phillies. Mainly because I recognize four of the five names, and they got uh, darn good stats. Yeah. Roy Holiday, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, Vance Worley. Roy Oswald. So, yeah, I don't know about Vance Worley. I don't overly remember him, but all the other ones of those guys were beasts. So, Riley leads it off with the 2011 Phillies staff. Mike, what do you got? I mean, I think I'm going to go with the what is basically the obvious one. 
It's the 98 Braves. It's their top three are so good. It's ridiculous, right? Their last two had really good years, but Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, like they were dominant for, I don't know, seven, eight years yeah. in Atlanta. So I'm going to take the 98 Atlanta Braves. Just ridiculous pitching on that team. 1998 Braves. I am going to do a pick. So this one has some sentimental value to it. So I think it was just the age where I was starting to really love baseball. And you can give it, I've been finding it on the websites as the 2002 Arizona Diamondbacks, but the 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks, when they won the World Series with Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling. Um, wow. Now I can't even pull Pull it up when I need it. Miguel Batista. Miguel Batista, Rick Helling, Brian Anderson, but really Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. Those guys were nasty. And then apparently I didn't do my homework as good as I should. I did since 2000, but I did want the, the Brave staff in there. So I will go with the 2002 athletics with Barry Zito, Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder. And that's all I'll say. Oh, Aaron taking, on there. We're doing three, right? Yeah, let's just do three. So back to Mike. I will take the, sorry, the 2013 um, Detroit Tigers, Verlander, Dominant. His record wasn't that good that year. They had Scherzer on that team. Um, Annabelle Sanchez, who was dominant back in the day. Rook Burcello, I think, who won Rookie of the Year one year. And then Doug Fister as well. Uh, very good pitching staff. Very good team because of the pitching staff. Riley. I'll go. I'm reckon, or I recognize this one. The 2008 Chicago Cubs with, uh, I recognize Dempster and Zambrano, Ted Lilly as well. I know they're a good staff, so I'll go with them. So 2008 Cubs. And then my last one will be the pitching staff that looked like they were going to be great for a very long time. They did have a great run together and then had their playoff. Wow, my brain is not working. But had their uh, playoff run cut short. So the 2003 Cubs, uh, Mark Pryor, Carlos Zimbrano, Kerry Wood, Matt Clement, Shauna Stays. Uh, but Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood were supposed to be the next big things. They both had really good seasons that year. Carlos Zimbrano had a pretty good season that year as well. And that was... I the Bartman year. That was I, the uh, I was throwing a blank on. So yeah, I hate my to be that guy, but you took my pick. What's that? <laughs> I, I said I hate to be that guy, but I still had another pick, but that wasn't my pick. Who who is your I pick? was supposed to get two in a row. Because oh, it was the shit. swing around. No, you're good. Yeah, you but. get the last pick, but were you take Riley? Were you taking that? No, I wasn't taking that. So go ahead. I was I would never take the fucking cubs. So no, me neither. You got him, man. 
All right, who are you picking? Uh, 05 Houston Astros, strictly off the name Wandy Rodriguez, because I've never heard it. It, <laughs> it throws me every time I hear it. it I don't know. It's a funny name. And they have a good staff, Roger Clemens, Roy Oswald. They probably uh, just spelt it wrong on that website, and it's really Randy. I, I don't think so. I think it's Wandy. <laughs> I really do. I'm, I, I'm I, pretty sure it's pronounced Wandy, but Wandy, whatever. <laughs> it was a kid that couldn't say his R's too well. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> All right. I completely jumped you guys. So, Mike, who's your last pick? I mean, I'm going to be a homer. I think that the uh, 21 Brewers was phenomenal, too. I mean, so they don't have guys that complete a lot of, like, a lot of complete games or anything like that, but their pitching staff was what made them win games last year. I don't know if I broke rules taking a homer team, but I'm fucking doing it. No, you're good to go. All right, so that was our draft. A little bit rougher than I thought. For some reason, I thought I was more prepared for that thing than I really was, but I had two pitching staffs that I wanted to get on the board. We got them on the board. Uh, so we are good to go there. We are going to go to the NBA talk. Riley, you want to take this bad boy over? Just wrapped up the season. I, uh, I didn't watch too much of the last few games just because the uh, Bucks were resting a lot of their players, especially the last game where we, I think if we won, we'd play the Nets. If we lost, we'd play the Bulls. And if you paid attention to them this year, we've kind of dominated the Bulls this year. So uh, we threw in a lot of bench players, lost that last game by quite a bit, and then got the three seed going into the playoffs against the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, definitely took that. So the playing games on the eastern side, so they have Atlanta, the nine seed, versus Charlotte, the 10 seed. If they win, they play the loser of Brooklyn and Cleveland. My prediction is Brooklyn's going to be Cleveland. And then Cleveland, I, I don't know who's going to win between Cleveland, Atlanta, or Charlotte. But, but yeah, basically the Bucks threw that last game to not have to see Brooklyn early which I think is kind of, I mean, it's a good strategy. I get why they did it. I don't know. I feel like when teams do that, it usually doesn't work out in their favor. Like, because the Bulls are going to be like, oh, we're super disrespectful. I don't think the Bulls can do shit to the Bucks though. So I'm not worried about the Bulls. If the Bucks win against the Bulls, they're either playing Boston or Brooklyn next. So I guess it was a good move. Let those two teams beat up on each other. Hopefully the Bucks coast past uh, the Bulls and are fresh for either Boston or or Brooklyn. So what do you got, Mike? Anything on those? So I've said it for a couple of weeks straight, I think. Um, I would have been fine with them resting everybody for the last two weeks. I don't. I'm not concerned with anybody in the East and maybe only one or two teams in the West. So I know that's not the way I should look at it. I get that it's NBA basketball, but it's seven games. I think 
Budenholzer understands how to coach in a series. I think Giannis is the hardest working player in the in the NBA and figures out how to win. The Bucks have a like, I mean, for lack of a better term, like a mama mentality. Like they close games. They win when they need to. And I'm think they're more talented than most teams that are out there. Yeah. I think if they run into Brooklyn, we're going to have another series that goes to seven. But at least uh, game seven will be in Milwaukee. In that, if if that series does go that way. Yeah, I think that's all we got for the NBA talk. So Phoenix finished with the one seed on the west side. Memphis finished with the two seed. We'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. So now, do you have the schedule up, Pat? I don't have the schedule of when they're playing, but I have who's playing who. Okay, so you don't know when the playing games actually happen. No, I'm sure it shows it on here somewhere. But yeah, I was going to say to Mike's point of resting all the people for the last week. I don't think that would have been a bad idea, as long as you didn't get yourself into playing territory uh, for the Bucks, Like the one and done. I think they would handle every – but Cleveland's handled them before, so they definitely right. would have. If they played Brooklyn or Cleveland, maybe had a tough game there, probably win one. But then if they lost, I think they handled Charlotte or Atlanta, whoever wins that. But, but anyways, yeah. They weren't they weren't falling that far anyways. All right. So Tuesday night, um, we have the Cavs versus the Nets at six, and then the Clippers versus the Timberwolves at 8:30. And then Wednesday, we have the Hornets versus the Hawks and the Spurs versus the Pelicans. Hornets Hawks, six o'clock, Spurs Pelicans at 8:30. So those are the playing games for this week. And then the actual playoffs will start Saturday, April 16th. There we go. That's this, that's this Saturday. Bucks will not play on Saturday. Sunday. They will play uh, on Sunday, yes. All right. That Easter? What's that? I'm sorry. Is that Easter? I don't know why that randomly crossed my mind. Yes. That's an okay. Easter game. Wait, what okay. time do they play? To be determined yet. Okay. So I would guess that if that's the only game on Sunday, which it shouldn't be. I'm sure it's split pretty. I'm there's only Sunday, three games on I'm Saturday, sure it's going to. And then there's one game on Sunday. There should be an eight, eight total games. There must be more games that are going to be announced which day they'll be played. But the primetime game will be like a two o'clock on yeah. Sunday, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, usually when it's on Sunday, uh, two or the two, it'll be a little bit two or two thirty or the five. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe I'll be watching yeah. it live. All right. We're going to go to favorites on the fly. We're going to start with the clap bombs with Pat, the Predators breakdown. Preds went two and two since our last show. They are in sixth place, sixth place in the Western Conference with 10 games to go. And I'll start paying attention to them more once those 10 games to go are over with. But I think it looks like they're pretty safely in the playoffs. 
Um, like I said earlier, I didn't research it and I'm not going to research it, but our tennis player. So grunting with Pat, our tennis player won. So next episode, maybe I will have looked into that. Our tennis player won. And we will pay attention to that when Wimbledon comes around or the U.S. Open or something. Or maybe. Probably not. But anyways, we're going to take a sharp left turn and we're going to go to turn and left with Mike. How did Martin Truex Jr. do this weekend, Mike? All right. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. at Martinsville placed 22nd, so right in the middle of the pack. Didn't completely, you know, shit the bed. But he needs to put he needs to place better than that. He didn't lead any laps this weekend. It's a home course too, Martinsville. I know Martinsville and Martin Truex Jr. I, come on, man. Step it up. Let's go. Do you know what place he is in the standings now? I did not look at his overall standings. All right. We'll assume that he's eighth now. Drop from sixth to eighth. Safe. I thought he was eighth last week, but okay. okay. Maybe he's eighth to ninth, so he's still in. He's still in the chase. All right, now we're gonna go back to the back of the onion bag with Riley. How those tots do? Tots uh, played another very good game. They're on a little bit of a hot streak. They won four nothing. Uh, moved them up to fourth place, which is actually pretty big in terms of uh, the soccer. Uh, what position they're in? And their next game is Saturday at 6.30 a.m. So if you're up early with nothing to do, just throw on tots. FC Dallas, they won 3-1 against Colorado. Next game's Saturday at 6 o'clock. They're fifth in the West. Still pretty early in the season. I'll start paying attention to them more in a couple weeks probably. That's our excuse for it all. We'll probably (laughs) never pay attention to them. All right, though. Are you waking up for the tots at six thirty? Yeah. So uh, the so I think there's five or six games left, and they're even on points with a really big rival. So every game from here on out is pretty big. Yeah, I'll be. I'll probably be at the bar for that one. Um, it's getting to the point. Yeah, like I said, every game's big, so I'll probably end up watching every game. Nice. All right. I might watch that one. I might get up early for it. What do you got, Mike? So Martin Truex Jr. is in currently in seventh place in the chase for the cup. So he's still doing okay. No more 20 plus 20 finishes. We're going to finish in the top 10 moving on forward. All right. We're going to stick with Mike here. And do you have any Packers news? You want to break down how your interview with the guy went? Give so, uh, Mike, yeah, sure. So I'll get into my interview. I don't remember. Actually, I think I have here, uh, the actual mock draft that I did. Um, so what I did for his interview is that he asked me to do a quick mock, mock draft. I let the simulation do the first 21 picks. Like, so I didn't set it up that I could take who I wanted the Packers to take my, with my first pick with round one pick 22 i took Devonte wyatt out of georgia who's a defensive line a guy that either you can use him on the line next to uh jaron reed and kenny clark or you can spell those two with him right and he doesn't have to be the immediate impact guy he can be the guy that 
plays next to the superstar, which is what Kenny Clark is. Pick 28, I like uh, Kair Elam, cornerback out of Florida. He's he's a guy that just shores you up as far as the defense goes. Offenses in the NFL run a ton of like passing game stuff, and an extra corner is not going to hurt you. He's going to be the fourth guy. He doesn't have to be the superstar. We have Alexander. We have Stokes. We have Douglas. All guys that play at a high level in this league, he can learn. And if we have to move on from one of those guys, he can be the next guy. I think that's pretty typical Green Bay stuff, that they get guys that they don't need in the moment, but will need in two years, right? Round two, pick 53, I like wide receiver Christian Watson out of North Dakota State University. The downfall with him is that he went to a small school. That small school, however, is probably the best program in the country. What do they even um, call those now? Division one AA? It's not one AA anymore. I don't th- so it's the full subdivision or something. Yeah. Like that. It. I'm not, not sure. FCS. FCS. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. What up? I think it used like, to be called yeah. FCS, then it was one double A, then it was something different. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. They're a step below, say your like your Mac or your WAC, you know, your teams that like Cincinnati's, they're a step below those guys, right? In Cincinnati, I say a step below. They were fucking in the Top in, in the deal this year, right? But um they're in a like a whole different division that plays in a tournament style. So his numbers for the year weren't like super great, but like athletic ability, he's awesome. He's a great, he's a great athlete. He's got the size, he's got the speed that the Packers are kind of looking for and could be a very fit for what Ted Thompson has looked for in the past. Guten Kuntz has looked for in the past guys that are high athletic. He seems to fit what they've always looked for. So that was kind of more of a Green Bay Packers fit pick. 59, uh, where are you going? Pick 59, I like John Mechie the third out of Alabama. He's a wide receiver. I like him because I think he's probably the best talent in the draft. Had a shitload of receptions uh, with Alabama before he tore his ACL. I don't think the torn ACL affects how he plays moving forward. Can go in, he'll rehab. The downfall with him is that you don't get him till November, December time frame. But if he can come in in November, December, get off the ACL injury and make even a small impact, he could be the best wide receiver in the class. But because he tore his ACL so late in the year, he he's falling way down in the middle of the second round. And maybe like late second round. Even. All right, 92. Uh, I think we're going to cut you after 92. Yeah, that's fine. And then to finish out the first three rounds, uh, pick 92, I take a safety. I like the idea of having another guy on the back end of the defense. Amos and Savage are both very, very good, but we've had to put guys in there at times and taking a guy like Nick Cross or Nick Cross is, is worth it. And then for my bottom seven picks, it's all just filler picks. Guys that the Packers have done really, really well in creating their, they find guys. And like the guys that I took are probably not the guys the Packers are going to take. 
they're going to take the guys that they see can fit in on the offensive line or they can fit in on the defensive line. They have a weird athletic ability when it comes to tight end or they have a weird athletic ability when it comes to the wide receiving side of it. Like Alan Lazard isn't like this elite level runner or elite level receiver. He's an elite level blocker. So they find guys that can do one thing super, super well. And they draft guys like that. And I think that that's the guys they're going to find later in the rounds. Your last picks don't really matter what they're going to do. They're going to find guys that fit positions that they need that are super, super good. I probably can't identify that guy because I don't dig far enough into it. Right. I'm not spending and I say 40 hours a week because that's my work week, right? But there's probably spending 60 hours a week watching tape on offensive guards to see which one they want to pull the trigger on or the tackle that they want to pull the trigger on. Yeah, multiple people spending at least 40-hour weeks checking out. Yeah. This. Yep. So, yeah. All right. And if you want to see Mike's full breakdown there, I thought it was – I, I like the video of you being interviewed. It made me feel like you were like a pro. But anyways, <laughs> check that out. Let's talk sports. Guys seem pretty cool. Like I had a lot of fun going on there. Um, he asked me to kind of break down the draft. And like I said, I don't dig far enough into it to like be able to say that Nick Cross is the is the safety you want, right? I can't 100% tell you. You can when I do a mock draft, I take the guys that fall. And so if I think a position is somewhat of a need for the Packers and he falls to me, I'm going to take it. And I think safeties fall into that right now. I would be more than comfortable taking like a Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin at linebacker. That's what I want. That's like the name you heard like 30 times a game if you watch any Badger game. Like Leo Snow, Leo Snow, Leo Snow. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. I'd be more than comfortable with that. I just don't think that he fits. He falls to where we want him to. Like, I don't know if he's a first round pick. And I don't know if he makes it to 53. Right. And so that, so I've heard a lot of people say that Christian Watson should be their, should be our, like our first round pick. And I don't know if he fits if he's talented enough to be a first round pick, but I don't know if he falls to 53 or 59. Yeah. And that's why I don't put enough time or I don't put any time or effort into the draft. Honestly, the most I would say is like, if we got Leo Chanel, I would be very happy. And that's just because I'm a Homer, but yep. But we will. Uh, here's my other thing about the draft. Like they're going to take guys and people are going to lose their mind. Right. So I know a shitload of people that lost their mind about Rashawn Gary. Well, guess what? Rashawn Gary's a stud. Yeah. And not a ton of people saw that come. Um, I don't remember. Like, I try to let it be and just be like, give him a year or two years and let's see where he's at. I try to be that way. I'm not always like that. I remember that I lost my mind about a Nick Barnett pick. Well, Nick Barnett was the best linebacker in that draft. And I hated that pick for years. And then I hated him because he was that pick. I like Nick Barnett a lot. Wasn't he like a safety too in college? 
he had some sort of I know Erlacher. I mean, that was Bears, but like I think he kind of had some Erlacher ish. He played at a re- he played at a decent like I shouldn't say a decent program because uh, Oregon State was I think terrible when he was there. He played at a program that is a Pac twelve school, right? Some speed. So I would it would be hard to say that. All right, so we are going to wrap things up, and what I did this week. I don't know why I decided to do it, but I wanted to go back and listen to some of our old stuff to just see if uh, we lost our way at all. And there was a suggestion in the first episode that I really, I really want to take off. So if you're still listening to, to us at this point, definitely appreciate it. But what I'm going to be asking for from people is I want we want to start a party hall of fame. We're going to let people vote on Twitter if these stories are worthy of a party hall of fame nominee. I don't have the full details of this hammered out, but I want you guys to email bangingonthedrum at gmail.com. It's pretty simple. The best party stories that you remember. Or if you have our number or whatever, you want to bring something up. But if you email those, I will definitely read it out on the air and then we will put it up to a vote. And de- we'll definitely like redact names and shit like that. Hopefully it could come to something where we have some sort of scoring system, but we got to get the ball rolling. I think I might send a fake, not a fake email, but an email this week to get the ball rolling for what, the, what, the, what I want the segment to turn into. Well, maybe I'll think of one of the better stories I can think of and we'll let it get ripped apart, putting that out to the open. I want that. I want that as a segment, the party hall of fame. Okay. So I did see something this week. I saw it last month and this month. Right. So I have to call bingo once a month at work. Oh, 71 is banging on the drum. Just so everybody knows. So I use an electronic, I'll use an electronic caller from the internet, right? Because uh, the unit that I work on are a bunch of old people. So like half are deaf. So we make sure that we have something on the screen too. And 071 is banging on the drum. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I wanted to bring it up. Wait, I don't get it. So for every bingo that's called, like a bingo number that's called, there's like some stupid like saying that goes with it on this site. Right. And so like 22 is two ducks. Oh, right. I, um, my girl, I didn't, I've never heard this before. And, um, my girlfriend's like, she does two, two, like it's a steamboat every time. 22. 22. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on this site. And so I assume that it's kind of like, it's probably is that like, a, bingo is like a community. I, I was born. Yeah, it was at a campground. It was at a campground. <laughs> <laughs> like, so um 22 is like two little ducks. Um like I don't know, uh B9 is a uh, doctor's orders or whatever. Like they say doctor's orders after. So it's like just this weird saying that comes after the number. 71 is banging out the drum. I, and it came up and I was like, oh look at that. Weird. I, I bet you it's wider spread than you know. I remember if I paid attention when I was living in Fort Walton to how many bingo halls there were, 
it was just mind blowing. But I mean, that's Florida too. So old people thinking thinking they made it to South Florida. They're just in South Alabama in Fort Walton Beach. All right. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Big guest coming up this week. We're going to put out that episode as a special. Get ready for that. I'm going to take my time with a little bit. We'll see. So depending on how clean we are with it, which is hopefully cleaner than the Chris Jackie episode that I went back and listened to today to get some tips and tricks of what to do and what not to do. So hopefully we do a good job with this guest. Like I said, thank you for listening. Riley, you got anything? No, uh, I did it with uh, what all you said. I'm looking forward to uh, the interview. Mike, close us out. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Remember to uh, download us on every device that you own. And uh, we appreciate you coming back every week. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. And all you suckers that are down the Packers and Mike's draft strategy, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.